All righty, welcome back to another Serious Angler podcast. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Bailey Eichbrett, and unfortunately tonight, uh, Andrew, Andrew's currently sleeping. It is almost midnight here, Eastern time, uh, but I am joined by Mr. Adam Bartusik, Mr. Adam Deacon, and uh, we are going to be going over uh, a little preview show for Lake Fork uh, Bassmaster Elite Series event next week. Uh, that's about to kick off, and also we're going to touch base a little bit on uh, what we saw go down and uh, we, well, our, our thoughts were about the Sabine River event. Uh, real quick uh, for you guys, uh, I know, Bart, you've been busy all day. Deacon, it sounds like you've been the same thing. Real quick, uh, what have you guys been up to since the last time we've heard from you? I have just been fishing. That's about it. I've honestly been on like vacation. I took my first like vacation since I started my gig. So I've uh, just been hanging out with the girlfriend for the last like week and chilling. It's been really nice. And then I'm going to be stupid busy starting like two days from now. So we're right back at it. <laughs> Good for you, dude. Good mental health week. Yeah. 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 It's been fun. What about you, Deacon? Yeah, man. Uh, I'm finally back in Colorado. Uh, greeted by snow, so that was really cool. Snowing right now and is for the next day, maybe two. Um, but, dude, I've been on the road. My gosh, I this is probably the longest string I've had at tournaments in a while. Um, I was in Oklahoma for three weeks and then drove through the night to make it back for a team tournament here uh, because it qualifies for that Bassmaster Team National Championship deal. Um so, dude, I've been on the road. Uh, I fished the Costa on Grand. That was really fun. Learned a lot. Messed up a little bit day one. But um, I think I ended in 76 out of 168 or something like that. But not all that great of a finish, but was glad to save the points. I think I'm sitting in 32nd in the points, which is I need to be in the top 25 to make that Toyota Series championship. So I'm, I'm right there. I got Lake Dardanelle here two weeks, three weeks here. So I don't know. Overall it was good. Had some good derbies on the string and some bad ones. And um, overall learned a lot, man. I hadn't been on grand before. And man, that lake has a lot of really healthy quality, like three to six pounders in it. Thank you. Yeah. That's what it looks like. They're chunky, man. Oh my gosh. I was catching fish on the beds. I was catching fish at the end of the day, the last day on a spook, I caught everything, man. It was it was pretty lights out fishing. It was just a matter of running into those bigger females. Right. Heck yeah, dude. Well, I got two things coming down the pipe that are pretty big, um, but I don't yeah. want to talk about them in a preview show, so I'm gonna save it for Monday Night Live. Uh, All right. Deacon, I will I will chat with you after when we get offline here, but for the folks tuning in, it, it's more of a five to 10 minute conversation than anything else. And I know people are listening to listening to this for one thing, one thing only, and it's definitely not to hear about my personal life. So we're, we'll save that for, uh, for Monday night live for the folks that, that might care a little bit about it. But I think first and foremost, uh, what are your guys' takeaways from the Sabine river beyond the fact that it was the second smallest limit in Bassmaster history? Go ahead, Brooke. I think the Sabine was a Sabine. Like, I don't know. <laughs> did we expect anything different? I didn't expect that low of weights, but, like, really, did we expect anything different? Like, it fished like it does. 
Right. I didn't even realize that it was that record as record of a low as it was until they came out like at the end and said that it almost broke. Like I think it was Delaware rivers is like the, the lowest uh, four day wait. But like they said, that's it basically almost touched that, uh, which I had no idea, but like it, it was interesting. Cause like, I think if Taku Ito would have found his deal a day earlier on day two and not day three, cause he basically, it wasn't a deal like a spot area, it was like a. It wasn't like an area deal. It was more of like he found a like a, a pattern deal in an air in a very popular area, and he started getting into much bigger fish. Uh, I think if he found his deal on day two, Takuido probably would have won it. Yeah. Which Maybe. also, yeah. yeah. Which also that clip of him on stage is awesome. He's yeah. so cool. He's he's just the best. Yeah. Dude, yeah. I, I ran into him on Lake Chickamauga, and uh, he pulled into his one pocket that I was already fishing, and he pulls up to me and basically just goes, like, in Taku Ito voice and everything, just, you care if I fish, and, like, points forward, like, in another direction that I wasn't going. I was like, you're good, dude. I was like, yeah. good to you. <laughs> it, it was cool. He was cool. Like, he was teaching his son how to fish and everything like that. It was we, um, Destin and I, when we were down in Texas, actually stayed right next to him. So we got to say hello to him more, too. That, that dude grinds. Like, literally every that. day is on some body of water trying to learn something. It's mm-hmm. it's kind of insane. Like, the guys coming for, over from Japan to try to make it just seem like yeah. they have an extra gear. Well, and his, like, it just seems like, I mean, all, like, I have mad respect for all the, like, Japanese anglers and everything. Like, they're all so good. But it just seems like Taku's, like, personality is just kind of on a different level from any others who've come over, like, right from the get-go. Like, he's not shy at all. No. And it's awesome. <laughs> it's just yeah. the best. Yeah, it's just raw passion, which you can – it's it's obvious. And it's, it's kind of one of those things where it's almost like an uplifting thing to watch him kind of do his thing. And it's really cool to watch him because he kind of, like – I mean, the majority of the Japanese guys kind of have a different style. And obviously they have, I'm sure if you went like through their boat, like it'd be entirely extremely eye-opening to see the stuff that they might have coming over that we've never seen before. Well, and that bait he was using that he took a picture of in the gallery, like nobody has that in their boat, that plastic. I haven't seen that that yet. It It was like a Nico rigged. It was basically a Y-shaped plastic. I don't even know yeah, what it, it is. Super, looks super weedless. Um, dude, well, it just reminds me, like, when you say that he's he's just a grinder, man. Like, uh, I watched some old thing. This was probably, like, five or six years ago on, on Takahiro Mori when he first came to the U.S. and stuff. And, dude, just talk about, like, incredible grind. Like, he's just sitting there in, like, broken English talking about, like, he's like, everyone here is better than me. So that means I got to work five times harder than everyone else here. And he's like rigging tackle in the middle of the night. And it's just like, man, it's true. Like, and that's, that's where he's at. It's crazy. Oh, it's so cool to see. And I, I just, others say being thought I had, and I just want credit for this. Remember when I (laughs) straight up, I just want credit for this. Remember like this whole season after the St. John's when I was like, I think we're going to start seeing the Seth Bider AOI run. Here it is. Yeah. It's here. Like I said, I was like, if he gets, like, I wasn't really, Knoxville, Knoxville might even be his worst event. 
I think. I believe you're correct. But I'm going to share screen Taku's bait here really fast because I literally just looked it up as we are talking about it because I haven't even seen it yet. Yeah, no. I don't know what it's oh. called. Was my yeah, screen going like, crazy to you guys? Was that flickering to you guys? Yeah, it yeah, was. That was. I don't know why it's doing that. It's it's the it, thing like the one you show the bait. Yeah, yeah, that's probably why. Or it's like, hey, it's midnight, dude. I want to sleep. <laughs> but but uh, no, that is, bait's super unique. I don't. I don't even know what it is. I don't no. know why or what the reason you would use it, but it's cool. Yeah, it'd be really um, cool to talk to him about that but but um, yeah i know the i mean the fighter aoi run like i had said i was like you got knoxville and pickwick lines up with what he likes to do did well at pickwick just fine and then you get to sabine and i was like i know he hates the sabine mm -hmm. like very audibly he said how much he hates it there mm -hmm. and to get a top finish then like take the lead at certain points like that guy is flying high right now. Like going into Fork, where he doesn't have a lot of good record on Fork either. He's got some big fish, but didn't he do well in November? Dude, he, he doesn't. He doesn't have a bad record there. I thought it's Maybe not bad. It's it's very. He does fine. No, he dude, kill. no. Here's he he does though, and that, we'll get into this on the picks. But he's got two just out of the top ten. I think he finished eleventh and twelfth both last times they were there. Okay, so never mind. He, do, he does pretty well there. But anyways, like, I look at Gunnersville, like, he's notoriously good on Gunnersville. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You just get him in grass. And then Neely Henry, I don't know how that'll be, but nobody really knows. But at that point in the year, he hasn't – he won't – more than likely won't have a bomb. And then well, he goes the north. That's here's the fair. thing too. Like he goes north and it's like game over, done, set, match. Like he's not gonna get below top fifteen at St. Lawrence or Champlain. Like it's just not gonna happen. So it's if you want to catch him, you gotta catch him now. Not like that's that. it's crazy. It's <laughs> uh oh. Is Bart frozen for you, Deacon? Oh I'm yeah, back. he's coming back. Oh, there he is. He's back. Where did I freeze? I uh, you're talking about somebody. There's no way he gets higher than 15th, which obviously we both agree with. And yeah, no, it's, good, just, but. it's just crazy at this point in the year. You basically have to say you have to catch him now. Right like at this point, like you, you have to catch him now, and you still got Gunnersville in there. Yeah, yeah, I it's get you. like he's having a heck of a year, man. It's cool to see a northern guy going for AOI. When was the last person who did that? Hartman might have been the closest one. Is anyone from north of the Mason-Dixon line ever won? Or well, I mean Ike, I guess. But who was the last person north of like the Mason-Dixon line who would be a northerner who won it? Let's uh, let me pull this up here. Let's That's see. just what I'm trying to think of. Is it Ike? It probably is. Oh well, yeah, I mean one of them is Ike. See, so see every AOI winner. And if you. Look at really, I mean, he's let's see. He's, so, anyways, I just want to credit for that. <laughs> credit, credit, given. I mean, now that I'm taking credit for it, it'll probably bomb somewhere and hate me forever, but whatever. Exactly. That's what I was saying. You got to knock on that wood behind you. Yeah. A fighter. So he's, he's eight points above Patrick. And then, like, 
16-ish, well, a little more than that, like 20 points above Drew Cook or something like that. But those are two guys who struggle up north. That's what I mean. Right. Like, you got to catch them now. You got to catch them at Fork or Neely or Gunnersville. Yeah, and then it dropped off pretty quick. Done, but it's just really laying out well for Seth Fighter. For sure. Okay, this actually does not list out all the AOI. This is really annoying. Let's see. Good gosh. Well, we can try to fill dead airspace. Um, yeah, yeah. Well, talk about your guys' um your your fantasy results because we're gonna get into this trash yeah. fire here. Yes, yeah, we're gonna have to. So I told Deacon before we started. I told Bailey that I didn't think I won this one, and then Bailey said, "Don't be so sure. This is actually my worst event." And I was like, "How's that possible? You got to be in like the fiftieth percent right now." And he is, for the record, he's at fifty-seven percent. Awful. Hor- my worst year ever, dude. I, uh, I went to this event, and obviously I picked Schmidt, Menendez, uh, Frank Talley, Luke Palmer, and Quentin Campo. And originally, for some reason, like in day one, day two, for some reason, I thought I had Randy Sullivan and not Frank Talley. So I'm like, I am killing it besides Brian Schmidt, who ended up at 90th. Huge surprise for me, honestly. I thought he was going to be well. Um, but I went and I checked my um, – the fantasy fishing going into day three. I'm like, son of a, I picked Frank Talley, not Randy Sullivan. So I had three guys in the top 30 and I have Brian Schmidt who ended up in 90th and Frank Talley in 84. So I had 899 points. That's actually not that terrible. It's pretty bad. bad. (laughs) Oh, and real quick to kind of answer that topic we were on, we completely Missed Kevin Van Dam's multiple AOIs from some. Yeah, but I didn't know if Ike won his after. So that that's my Ike won in 2006. Um, Polonik's technically a northerner. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah, you're right. Completely. Um, My bad. But other than that, dude, like, there really isn't any any. Where's Brent Chapman from? Kansas. Kansas. Okay, never mind. So kind, uh, I wouldn't. I mean, he's, he's, he's probably he's no close to guy. like Table Rock. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's close. To I wouldn't guy. consider that necessarily. No, I can set self. So you got KVD, Ike, and BP. So you got three household probably, names. Yeah, probably similar to the like relation of how many Northern guys there are in the Elite Series field overall compared to the mm-hmm. guys. Corey Johnson was pretty close. Uh, last few seasons, he's in the top. I'm sure he'll end up right there. Is he? He's been yeah. having a pretty good year, hasn't he? Uh, yeah. Chris Chris Johnston is an ace in AOI right now. Okay, there's a pile of guys with 300 points for like Jason Christie, who's in fourth through uh, Hank Chris Chris Johnston, Hank Cherry in seventh and eighth. So the like, there's just a ton at 300. But really, the three front runners are Fighter, Patrick Walters, and Drew Cook. Gotcha. Okay, so back to the Sabine. I'll say my roster, um, like most, probably in fantasy, Hackney hurt me. Tally hurt me. Um, however, I did get saved by my Caleb Summerall pick. Um, top 10, so he made the final day, and I had Whitaker get through the cut. I ended with a total of 900 even. Do you beat me by one point? 
I beat you by one point. That's some bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> man, I, I'm trying Dude, to what about you, Andy's picks. Dude, I ended up okay, man. I had a thousand twenty-six points. Um oh, my reign of terror is over. Huh? My reign of Your terror reign. is over. That's right. Um, dude, Brock Mosley was my was my awesome pick, man. I just felt like after that second place, and I looked at his results, he'd done well here. Uh, and he ended up in second, obviously, behind Christy. Um, Derek Hudnall didn't do well. He was my bucket B, finished in 81st. Scott Canterbury did, did well day one, was sitting in 27th, but dropped to 71st. Um, and then my uh, last two picks, I had Clark Wendlett, who ended up in 30th, and then Harvey Horn, who ended up in 25th. Dang. Solid event. So updated standings, albeit that we don't have Andrew's uh, results because he slacked and fell asleep early on us. Uh, but we have Bart leading with five points because we're doing golf scoring for everyone's reminder. Or for anyone that's new, we're doing golf scoring, a little competition between the four of us. Um, and obviously we don't have Andrew's scores, but then Deacon, you're in second with 10 and I am in last with 13. Nice. So, yeah. So I still not, got a solid lead. <laughs> you have a five yeah, point you lead. All right. I'm not yeah, feeling yeah. good about Forks. So I, I wasn't feeling good about the Sabine either. So this will be interesting. <laughs> Forking depends a little bit on especially what. Especially uh, now. Yeah. yeah, it depends a little bit on what Andrew had because one of us could have more or less points there, depending on where he's finished. Yeah, right. you know what I mean. Either way, Bart's leading by five. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So I think first thing that my, I guess my question is in terms of Lake Fork is: Do you guys think we're going to see a record-breaking four-day limit? Yes. Record-breaking, not just century mark, but you're thinking like. Total, what, what's the record? 120-something? Wait, actually, I said yes too quickly. I don't know what the record is. Because the last time we were there, there was 114, and then 108, or 103, I think, is what Patty Walters did. So I don't think it's going to be that much more than 114. Oh, like, yeah, never mind. I take back that question. It is 132.8. Yeah, no. Mm-mm. Man, I was on, I was Here's the thing. There's a chance. Mm. They're hitting it dang near perfect. I know, but Fork's not what it used to be. And Yeah, it's just talking about a time like when Falcon was ETBC Falcon. record, man. Three days he had what? He broke the century mark in three days. That's true. But it was a while back. I don't know. It's possible. That. All right, let me, let me rephrase this question then because – we could go on and on about that, but do you? How many bags do you guys think will be over a hundred inches? A hundred? What? hundred inches? Pounds? You kayak angler? Um, see, dude, <laughs> it's eleven forty-five. Cut me some slack here. A hundred pounds. <laughs> oh gosh! That's do you want a realistic answer or my ballsy answer? Uh, both. My realistic answer, I'm going to say six. That's a lot. Over 100. My ballsy answer is everybody in the top 10. Oh, my God. The last day will end up over. That'll be stupid fun to watch. 
I just I, I talked to all those guys about the week they're hitting it when I was down there, and they're all like, "Dude, this is like it's going to be outrageous." Well, and that's and that's that cold snap helped push everything longer. It's so delayed this year, which is going to be kind of crazy because you're just going to have this crazy heat of bunch of spawners, and then you'll have guys who have some guys that have like a post spawn deal going on already. And it could just be lights out in both respects where guys are probably going to have both patterns. Uh, it's, I mean, realistically, could there be some pre-spawners still? I have no idea. I don't know the South that enough, enough for at least this time frame to know if, if there's some that still stay pre-spawn this time of year. I just don't know if I've seen a huge push of people being like they're spawning. Well, here's the thing. thing. Plus, you mm. mix it with the shad spawn potential. Like, bro. Well, here's no. my opinion on that. And it's if a guy on the Elite Series, a professional, goes and finds pre spawners in practice, and you have a four day event warming in Texas. So, obviously, those fish every day are moving closer and closer to spawn. I don't think any of them, even if there is a pre-spawn deal, are going to stick on it because those are fish that are leaving you. Yeah. I mean, that's fair. But still, right. to get one or two the first two days, because those pre-spawners would be big. I won't say no, just because I don't have the knowledge this time of year. Yeah, you know? I don't know if there will. But either way, what you're looking at is you're going to have a full-fledged spawn, I think. Yeah. I, I had a friend down on Fort two weeks ago, maybe even three weeks ago now, and they were catching them off the bed. Okay. Um, so... I'm going to guess it's mostly going to be spawn, post-spawn. I mean, there'll probably be another, you know, 10-pounder on a bed somewhere. Those, you know, big ones still, you know, spawns like a month, two months, right? Just waves roll in. So, um, but I think the majority of the event will be spawn to, to post-spawn. I think a shad spawn could be going on. It should be awesome. And uh, I think it's going to be a lot of top water and just big fish. Yeah, it's going to be crazy. It'll be fun to watch. As long as no wicked weird weather comes through. But with the Elite Series in 2021, something's going to happen. Right. More than likely, 10 inches of rain somehow. Let's see. What's the day the tournament starts on the 22nd, the 25th. Let's see. What do we got for weather, Bailey? I'm looking at we're gonna have a full moon for next weekend. Oh my god! So I need to change my lineup. (laughs) It says it's gonna be like a perfect full, like perfect full moon will be April 26th, which is that Monday after day four. Yeah. So they're gonna have essentially a full moon all days. Yeah. So that could be stupid spawning deal. <laughs> yeah, I know they, they, had, they probably them. had fish trickling up, but they're going to have every damn fish in that lake that's been thinking about spawning in the last two months going, I'm going to spawn. Yeah, For so sure. that's going to be stupid bonkers, dude. Yeah. So oh, now Jason kind of sound outrageous. <laughs> I'm very curious to see your guys' weight prediction because after looking that up, I am changing mine. Yeah, and I already yeah. thought I was shooting high. Yeah. But why don't we just start diving into it? Because we already kind of – it is kind of simple what we're kind of narrowing down. It's probably going to be one, bed fishing in some capacity. Um, Deacon, do you want to start us off, I guess, with uh, with your group A pick? Sure, man, but I'm like half tempted to change it now. Um, <laughs> you know, I think – 
I think I shouldn't just because every time I guess that seems to burn me, um, although we're kind of a good ways out. Uh, right now, based on kind of what I was saying about Seth Fighter finishing 11th and 12th and just the role that he's on, um, I think it's a little bit risky just because he hasn't broke the top 10, even though it's been super close. And man, they're like, I think it's fair to say, and, and correct me if I'm wrong here, guys, that in bucket group A, which obviously makes sense, right? It's the guys who are doing really well. But not only that, the guys that have had history on fork, I would say in bucket group A, I could see half the top 10 being in bucket group A. Yes. You know, if not that close, like it's, it's loaded, dude. So uh, I'm going to go Seth in that one. That may change last minute, but it shouldn't. I'm, I'm going to go Seth. Uh, he's just on a hot streak. He's finished 11th and 12th both the last time they were there. He's figured out the Southern largemouth. And, uh, I mean, I could just see him doing well. Yeah. I like that. That's a good pick. So I'll go next, Bart. Um, I like to – as I've done this whole season, which obviously has not been turning out well for me, <laughs> I've been picking all low percentages – to try to get the edge, and it still has yet to uh, turn out to help me. But we're going to do it again because why not? We're already burning this trash can, so we might as well just make a complete dumpster fire of my entire season. Um, maybe one tournament it'll turn out right. But So amongst that entire group A of just straight hammers that can all catch them in a sight fishing deal, I went with one of the lower guys. I went. He's a 1.2%, and I went with Corey Johnston because he's done well there. He's known to do well sight fishing in the South. So I'm going to have a little gut feeling pick and go with Corey Johnson over the other 15 guys that all could do well sight fishing. So I do really like that pick. Corey's really good. Shallow. Mm -hmm. I like with large G's and just right. southern large mouth. All right. What about you, Barb? So my pick, I actually just changed it. <laughs> because when we were talking about it and low-key i also did my lineup as i was driving home i was having uh, the girlfriend plug them in so then i saw one and i was like wait a second we're going here Can you call um, her the girlfriend when you talk to her too yeah so <laughs> originally i had lee livesey because a local and everything but i don't he hasn't really done that well there compared to being a local and do, uh, do you think real quick do you think that he has like some mega juice that he refuses to hit until there's like a classic at fork or something. I don't no. know. Probably when not. There's 100, when there's a hundred on the line. Yeah. yeah. No, no, you're, 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 you're gassing all the juice. Yeah. So <laughs> I am going to, I actually went with, and I'm surprised his percentage is only at 11%. I went with Patrick Walters for the reason of obviously what he did there last year. But more importantly, we have all forgotten somehow how good Patrick Walters is shallow. Mm -hmm. And, like, with sight fish, shallow fish in general, like, that guy's insane. And, yes, Fighter's on an incredible role, and I do think he's the head to win AOI. But I think Patrick Walters is, like, this is his type of event. Because mm -hmm. he, can, he can live scope him post-spawn, and he can go yep. pluck him off a of bed. Like, he's – and shat spawn. Like, he's going to be right in his realm. He's. I think he's gonna smash him. And he almost won the opener in Florida. Yeah, dude. He's, top five. he's on a roll. 
completely on a roll. And now we're going to, and it's been with live scope. And now we're going to see him do what he's done like the last however long, fish shallow. Yeah. I got the good pick. I like both those picks. Deacon, what about you for group B? All right. So group B, man, again, this, this kind of burned me the first event doing this. So I got to be careful. So I didn't do it with all my guys, but when it's a place like Fork where they've been there recently a couple of times, I kind of, I kind of like playing the numbers game of where guys finished, especially in that 2019 event, just cause it was pretty similar time frame. I mean, we're talking a week after. Um, and uh, so, so my bucket B pick is Stetson Blaylock. Um, he didn't have, he hasn't had all that great of a season um, in comparison to kind of his years past. He's, I think he's like kind of right on the classic line cut. Um, still got a lot of season left, but anyways, man, he's finished like, I want to say 13th and uh, like eighth or something or something right around that, like top 10 cut both times they've been there and he's good shallow and um, can fight fish really, really well. And so that's that's kind of my guy. Thank you. I like it. He's so, very versatile too. So with kind of all the stuff going on there, I feel like he'll fit in well. Yeah. Sure. So I went group B in the spirit of sticking with sight fishing. Um, a guy who just had his first top 10 ever as a rookie. Uh, I'm going with KJ Queen because him and his dad are known in the Carolinas for sight fishing. Oh, so cool. I think um, he'll obviously understand the sight fishing deal. Um, and I'm kind of more taking a chance on him. Obviously, he's 1.1%, so I'm obviously playing percentages as well. Um, I think that if he can get on a spawning deal, he can catch him and catch him quick because that's kind of a lot of what he knows in the Carolinas. Um, just kind of taking a chance on this one. I don't really have a great reasoning behind it beyond – I know he's a sight fisherman at heart in the Carolinas and uh, playing percentages here. the podcast. <laughs> I like and, it. Yeah, so KJ is actually coming on the podcast here soon because I don't know if you guys heard about his hectic morning on day four is uh, for getting gas to put gas in his boat uh, and then drove to get gas in his boat and his uh, PFD with his kill switch flew out of the boat while he was driving to get gas. So he was quite a mess on day four. Oh, so yeah. Yeah, we're gonna get him on to talk about. <laughs> That's nightmares, dude. One, yeah, one thing, real quick, before before you go, Bart, dude, I want to talk about bucket B two. That is the freaking rookie bucket. There are so many high quality rookies in bucket B. It's insane. So like, yeah, I I've only picked a rookie once this year, and it worked out. I maybe maybe twice, but it worked out great. And I need to probably take that more into account. So anyone that's listening, like bucket B's got a lot of really strong rookies that don't have a good record. Of in the elites that are really strong. And I think that like, it's never a bad idea to pick some of those high level rookies. No, they've been fishing well. Um, and actually, on that note, I'm picking an elite series rookie. Who's definitely not a rookie. Um, this bucket, I'm going with Scott Martin. Um, I'm going with Scott off of the fact of like having worked with him the past few months. Like I know how much Mark pack meant to him. Um, how good of friends they were and everything and just how much he knows him. I don't really know how much time exactly he spent on his work with Mark Peck, but like, I know this event means like a lot to him. So I'm going off of that. Plus you're talking sight fishing, big fish, shallow fish down South. Like 
pretty hard to go against Scott Martin. I know it's not Florida, but like he's been fit other than like the St. John's River fiasco, which I don't even know what that was. Um, he's been good. He's been doing good. For some reason, he gets a live camera in his boat on day three, though, and he's just terrible. But, um, yeah, I don't know. So I'm going with him there just off of gut, like, emotional story pick. I think uh, I think he's going to do really well. I think it's a good pick. I think the other thing, too, man, is, like, veterans. Like, Lake Fork has been so historic in so many tournaments, right, that, like, veterans have spent so much time on that body of water, whether it's for a media event, whether it's for a tournament, yeah. like all, those guys that have been in the industry forever know Lake Fork a lot better. Yeah. Yeah. If they're comfortable sight fishing and they're a veteran, you just, you can, you can obviously be comfortable with that pick for this event. For sure. So for, for group C, um, Deacon, I'll start us off here because sure. my picks are obviously establishing a pattern here. Um, besides one, <laughs> That's one. Um, and that is, uh, I'm going with Derek Hudnall for uh, one, he's oh. a small percentage, 3.4%. Um, but also, you watched how he waxed him on St. John's River, had a really good event, sight fishing. I think that'll translate well to, to Fork. So that's Dude, I think it's a stellar dark horse pick, man. He's, uh, he's who I had originally picked until I did some more of that uh, uh, kind of studying the results and then also just taking like the, the easy way out on this one with Keith Combs. Um, but like I looked at uh, Derek Hudnall, man, I think he's finished uh, both either top tens or dang near it in the last two times they're at fork. So I think it's an incredible pick, especially at 3.4%. Um, and some of those Louisiana guys, man, I spent a lot of time on fork just with regional championships and that kind of a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think but, it's a group of a lot of sleepers, dude. Yeah, there's a ton of sleepers, and then there's obviously the the thousand pound gorilla in the room, Keith Combs, and that's uh, that's my pick, man. I mean, he finished second and seventh the last last time they were there, and obviously he's won there. He's incredible, and it's in that post spawn, and he's just got so many, so much, so much stuff there that even though he's a forty one percent pick, I've been kind of sticking to having one bucket where I where I choose that high percentage pick and this is the one i went with with keith combs and bucket seat it makes as much sense as picking a johnston for the st lawrence river mm-hmm. definitely bart what about you dude on that note keith combs it's kind of my rule with the what the high percentages is if it hits 40 percent, you gotta go and um i like it and it's just like Dude, it's Keith Combs on Lake Florida. Like, the guy's got so many giants and so many mega bags. Like, you can't go against him. However, I do agree with Deacon on the on the um, sleepers. Like, there's a lot of sleepers in this bucket. And I'll just say two that I would really keep an eye on. Like, number one, like, if I had to pick a guy, I know we do this kind of towards the end sometimes, but if I had to pick a guy to win the event that, like, I can't pick because Keith Combs is in that bucket, David Mullins, for some reason, I think is going to catch him, and I don't know why. I feel like he does well there. I He's could a be cranker, man, but uh, I just feel like Mullins could do really well. And uh, another one is uh, Gussie. I was saying that too. Gussie, Dude, I haven't looked at his record there, but I feel like he's done well there. But. He's got a knack for catching really big fish and like 
he kind of after his win, he kind of had a couple hiccups, which happened. Um, but he's been spending a lot of time in Texas. Like when everything got postponed and he couldn't go back to Canada and everything, he was always in Texas. So, uh, yeah, those are two guys I would really look at. I got more. I got more, man, just because Bucket C, now that I'm looking at it, it's loaded more than you think with a lot of sleepers. And, uh, again, uh, I don't know if you guys saw, too, that the new fantasy fishing drain the lake thing. This kind of went into some of my picks for that because it's guys you can't get back, right? Um, so I think in that one I chose both Luke Palmer and Skylar Hamilton. They both have had – top 20s the last time they went to to uh fork or close to that and then so both two names that aren't super popular and then also one that's on here that is just an incredible sight fisherman and from texas is going to be clark wemlet man veteran crazy good at sight fishing i think think and he's got some percentage there around him but i went with the easy pick there but there's a lot of dark sleepers in there definitely without a doubt um, I think moving on to group D, uh, so I went, majority of all my picks were all sight fishermen. Um, but in the spirits of, of changing up a little bit, uh, trying to give a little bit of, of a nod to this post spawn deal that could happen because the spawn has been going on for about a month now. Um, I, I went with Austin Felix at 1% because a guy that could figure out a post spawn deal that's good was electronics, but also is comfortable getting back up shallow uh as a backup plan uh i kind of went with a little bit of a hunch and went with felix what about you deacon i think it's a good pick man um dude i i went with um chad pipkins and my initial thought was okay all these guys are choosing or why he's at 13 percent, just slightly below kind of frank tally and the local favorite i was thinking okay it's probably from all that footage right where he was just catching them cranking um and so i was like ah, i don't really know if i'm gonna go that route i mean it's gonna be post spawn again and maybe he just got lucky to stop but dude he's fishing really well he's really good on that kind of post pawn stuff and both times they've been there again he's he's done well he didn't just he top 10 and one and then i think he finished 13th or something in the other one so yeah uh definitely knows what he's what he's doing on on uh on fork so that's my bucket deep well, because you mentioned it and Bart already gave his up for the show, my uh, my gut feeling pick was Chad Pipkins because obviously he's been in that position to potentially win on fork before. And being that he was already in contention going into day four on Pickwick, maybe he's put the pieces of the puzzle together to therefore make a move on a day four if he's got that weight going. So my, my gut feeling pick that I have not picked for fantasy fishing would be Chad, uh, Chad Pipkins to win. But Bart, who is your, your group D? Uh, group D, this was my bucket that I looked at everyone and I didn't like anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I feel like that happens every event and we all have to deal with it. Um, but I went with Frank Talley just because from Texas, good stick. Hasn't really been having a great year, but I feel like those Texas guys always do good in Texas. So um, I'm going with Frank there. Uh yeah, I just feel like he'll catch him. I don't really know if he'll make day four or anything, but I feel like he's a safe pick. Thank you. Can't really go home, go wrong with uh, picking the uh, the hometown boys. Yeah. But uh, Bart, why don't you kick us off and, and finish us up here with uh, with Group E? 
Group E. Um, so Group E, obviously, everyone always says it's a really hard bucket. Um, there's a lot of old school veterans in here that have a lot of experience on Fork. Um, but I'm going with Daryl Gleason. Um, he still just hasn't really had a great event, but he's a really good fisherman. And um, I know he's kind of from on the border down there-ish. I think it's Toledo Bend. Um, but I'd assume he has a little bit of or a little bit of experience there. I really have no clue. I'm just going with Gleason because I think he's a really good stick, and I think he'll figure it out compared to maybe the others there. And he is uh, he is an elite series rookie, but in my mind, he's kind of a veteran. He's been around forever. Yeah, and he did really well on Sam Rayburn in the Opens last year. Yeah, exactly. Right, Deacon. What about you, dude? Yeah, man, I think that's a good pick. Um, I went with Jay Ellis. Uh, Jay's had a lot of experience. On on fork, he's fished well both the last times they were there, and um, man, I think he's good when he's looking at them, and just one of those old kind of veterans that that have been around it a lot. I you know was like okay, sixty two percent of guys are with Chris Dalbane, and I mean Chris has fit has finished well there both times, and he is just such an up and down fantasy pick, and he scares me, and um, so I went with Jay Ellis. It's kind yeah. of like similar to picking Steve Kennedy <laughs> in terms of fantasy. Yeah, Zaldane seems to be getting into that territory. I don't really know what's going on there, but uh, yeah, yeah. I'm, su- I'm really surprised to see Rick Clunan two percent after the bags he's put up on Fork. Yeah, uh, he's had some good finishes there. Yeah. yeah. So I went with recency bias in terms of that 2019 event, and I went with Garrett Paquette, who had who broke the century belt. Uh, did well and more of just the dude needs to pick me up. So hopefully maybe we rooting for him. <laughs> we'll get him, have him, Give a, him the pick have a good event. But yeah, it's he he's, he does well in a sight fishing event. He's good with post spawn. He likes getting offshore with a big plug. Um, hopefully that can kind of be a setup. So I know things are delayed this year, but hopefully you know he'll have fish either on bed or a lot of fish coming to and from him if he's picking off short here. Hey, you know it's delayed this year, but you know Keith Combs is somehow going to find fish out in 16 to 20 feet with a 6 to 10 XD. Like, you know he's <laughs> yeah. going to. So it doesn't matter. So right. Pockett's doing the same thing. Right. That's a very good point. Yeah, there's there's some good picks in here. Obviously, obviously you have Zaldane. Uh, I think Pockett is respectable. I think – um, you have Derek Leeson, like Bart mentioned. I think obviously I don't know. I still don't understand how Rick Clones at two percent. You know who who's someone in this bucket I looked at and I really thought of for no particular reason other than I was like, I just think he's gonna catch him and I don't know why. Who's but that? it makes no sense. You could say this is terrible. Chris Grow. <laughs> like, he's just gonna smash on this event, and I don't know why. But like I don't know. He just likes ratting around up shallow. Yeah. Banging his boat into stuff. And he's just kind of been shafted a lot this year with certain <laughs> things that have happened. And literally, <laughs> like literally, man, like he, he's not had the greatest things happen and he's due for some good karma. And I feel like this is a place that he could just rat around shallow and do his thing. Yeah. Run into some double digit fish. 
Mm-hmm. I like to second that one. He'd be like the guy who weighs in like a nine six and eight nine, and then a two two, a two and a two. <laughs> You're like, oh, all right. <laughs> one way to get 22, 23 pounds. <laughs> right. Yeah, with his track record this year, but yeah, go ahead, Deacon. Oh, I was just gonna say, I am surprised uh, that. Out of all our picks, and obviously we don't have Andrew here, so maybe he would have chose, but we don't really have any elite series, uh, I would say, like top-level veterans or right now. So, like, Christy, uh, Paul and Nick. I don't, no one chose Paul and Nick, right? And then Hackney, man, like three absolute hammers, and we don't have any of them on here. And they're all good big fish fishermen, so I thought that was kind of crazy. I mean, obviously they're all in bucket A. But um, just kind of a thought I had when we were all going through our pick. Yeah. It's just really an event that, like, you look at and you're like, hey, there's, like, these ten guys that you're like, eight of them are going to be in the top ten. Dude, like, yeah. You look at it and then you go, but those last two could be 50. Like, <laughs> yeah. Compared to most events, it's really weird. But, like, you're like, these other guys, like, there's some guys who could just smash them. Because just the way it's laying out, it really a lot of guys and every the thing is everybody's been excited about this event. Like everybody, everybody's like, I can't wait for four. So you're gonna just see a show. It is gonna be unreal. Yeah, I'm glad I don't have a tournament this week because I'm gonna be glued to it or next week rather. Be glued to watching this thing, dude. Heck yeah, that's it's gonna be a blast to watch. But Deacon, who's your? your sleeper pick, your your gut feeling. Oh, and it can't be one of my, my who did I have? It probably would have been one of the sleepers in bucket C. So let's say, uh, sleeper pick. I'm going to say your pick, man. I think Derek Hudnall could go off. I do. I mean, I think that he is, he has uh, been around a long time catching fish, sight fishing, and this is going to set up perfect, and he's done well here in the past. Not like some crazy sleeper pick, but kind of is at 3% and isn't, you know, uh, Keith Combs or any other big names in bucket list C. Right. Yeah. So I'll kick us off here because we're going to wrap things up here in a second. Yeah. It's past midnight here for me. We don't have too much left to cover. Uh, but I'm going to kick us off with the weights. And I had started out with 106 pounds uh, for my weight, but I'm going to bump that up to 114 after looking at the phase. Uh, <laughs> Bart, what is your take on that? I went even higher just because <laughs> I know how much everybody's looking forward to it. And I said I think there will be six guys getting century belts. Like I think you're going to see – a ridiculous event barring any crazy rain, but the way it's looking like it's going to be, I think we're going to be good. Um, I went with 123.6. Oh, bag. 30-pound average. Damn. Yeah. I mean, dude, you saw Pipkins win two dirty 30s last time. I think he did. Or maybe it was Cobb. Yeah, but, man, it's hard to do that four days in a row. Um Hey, but you do – you catch – I mean, you catch 35 and 34. You don't got to do it the other days. You catch 25, 25. This is true. Yeah. 
true. What do you think? Uh, I know it's crazy, but like, dude, Forks just got him. And that's oh, yeah. like, dude, Walters in the fall caught 103. I know. That's pretty <laughs> It's got him. Yeah. Uh, I'm right with Bailey, dude. I, I'm at 114.5 ounces is what my pick was. And mine, mine originally was 108, and I went up a little bit kind of with that spawn pick and just thinking about, um, man, it, the weights. I can't see the weights being worse in less weather comes or anything than it was in 19 when Cobb jacked him, and he had 114-something, I think. So that's my thought process around that number. Because that was even farther post spawn, you know, than this one will be. Right. And we don't, unfortunately, don't have Andrew's picks or his weight. Um, but if I know Andrew, it'll probably be, he probably would have picked like a Greg Hackney. And I know he would have picked Destin Marion in Group E. But either, either way, um, I think this event, obviously, there's, I mean, as we talked about in every single group, you know, besides maybe like a group D that was really difficult to pick somebody like there are so many guys that have potential. Like, Mm -hmm. I think it's, I think honestly, these smash fests, these projected smash fests are so much harder to do well in fantasy fishing. Mm -hmm. I think it's like a perfect, like after we just watched, like, I think on BTL they were talking about, Ken Duke was talking about the other day, the lowest amount of, like, fish weighed in per person. And they're averaging, like, below four maybe now after the Sabine. Like, just low fish. And, like, after watching a grinder at Knoxville, a grinder at the Sabine, I mean, Pickwick was good, but all the weather changes. St. John's was kind of good, but meh. Like, a great event to watch, but, like, not crazy. Like, you're heading to an event where it's, like, we, like, mark it down. It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, no matter what. Yeah, dude, professional fishing, like, you talk about on the, you know, MPFL level, MLF, and Bass. So, it's, like, the big three right now. Every single tournament, even including heavy hitters that they just had, was a grind. Yeah. Like, no one's out there. I mean, there's some there's been big fish caught, but no one's smashing them. Yeah. So it's, it's one of those things where, like, what the heck is going on, for one? And, two, like, I think fans are just itching. And I'm sure the anglers, obviously, are itching to just beat somebody's face in. So yeah, and that's exactly what's going to happen at four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope that happens, obviously. And uh, to the folks out there that have any takes on it, let us know down in the comments. Reach out to us on social media if you're not already following Mr. Bartuzic or uh, Deacon and his show that he has, Business from the Bass Boat. Make sure you guys are checking those out. Do you guys have any last remarks for folks? Because if not, it's almost 1230 here. I am ready to hit hit the hay. You can go to bed. Go to bed, dude. (laughs) All right. So sounds good, fellas. As always, folks, we appreciate you guys tuning in. See you guys on Monday.